Welcome to the Interest in Health and Safety podcast, making health and safety as important as everything else we do in business. Hi there, it's Colin here. Uh, welcome to the Interest in Health and Safety podcast. Got some really lovely interviews coming up over the next few weeks. Um, Jason Anker, who's a global motivational speaker, had, a, had an incident uh, oh, 20 odd years ago. Um, so we're going to be speaking with him. Rory Underwood, which is a bit of a, uh, bit of a hero of mine. Uh, Lester Tigers, who are... Uh, um, big part of my life uh england international jet fighter um pilot um and leadership coach um so it's gonna be lovely uh, uh having a chat with him um and that'll be out in a few uh, in a few weeks but this this week um uh it's a colleague uh, a gentleman called chris partridge um chris and i have, have worked together in the past um he he was um when i when i ran a risk uh, uh an, an insurance um department for a, for a crawling company in the UK, um, he was uh, he was a big part of the team. Um, he had a lot of uh, um, a lot about him, and uh, moved on um, in for a number of organisations. And now works, uh, you know, now works with a multinational uh, multinational company called Ferroglobe, and he's going to um, he's going to explain um, a bit about the business. Um, we're actually going to split this uh, into two into two episodes, and. Um, the first one, we, we, we explore a little bit about employee induction and some of the different cultures, objectives, and how, and how his organisation goes about unlocking, uh, unlocking information from the, uh, from, the, from the employee. So anyway, I'm going to stop talking. Let's, um, let's have a listen, and then we'll, we'll do a bit at the end. Cheers now. Chris, thank you ever so much for, uh, for coming, and, uh, coming and spending some time with us uh, today and having a bit of a chat about, uh, about yourself, about, about, about your business, and about... Uh, about risk stuff like that. Thank you. Yeah, thanks uh, for the opportunity. No, no, it's good. I mean, I mean, obviously for the um, for the people that are listening to this, um, they they don't they don't know you as well as I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, could you just explain a little bit about who you are, what your company does? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, so my name's Chris Partridge. I'm the director of risk management for Ferroglobe PLC. Um, at Ferroglobe, we are the world's largest producer of silicon metal. Um, we also uh, produce a number of other, uh, a variety of alloys, in fact, um, from ferrosilicon through to manganese alloys. And we're also, um, we, we, we have a small mining uh, business as well in the US. So we produce coal straight from the ground and okay. also quartz as well. Mm-hmm. So what, um, I mean, what, what sort of stuff happens with the materials that you produce then? What, uh, what's it used for? Uh, the, the three main ingredients that we use are coal, quartz and wood chips and what we do is we we take those three ingredients in a certain ratio and we put them inside an electric arc furnace Mm -hmm. and we superheat them to around about 2000 degrees for for about six hours after about six hours we tap the bottom of the furnace and uh, essentially molten metal comes at the bottom we we put that into into ladles Mm -hmm. we pour it into casts and then once it cools down in the casts, we have what's essentially silicon metal uh, and that gets crushed uh, and then sent off to to its customers. Okay. Um, and 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 that silicon metal, which is you know our main product line, but also um, one of many, uh, has has a number of applications. So um, you'll you'll it's all around you basically. It goes into construction, uh, face cream, cosmetics. It's in your car. It's around your bath. It's silicon is. It's absolutely everywhere. 
Okay. Okay. So, um, and this is right across the world. This uh, this business. Absolutely. So we we operate in around about thirteen countries, mm-hmm. um, from Canada through the US into South America. Uh, in we're in Europe, South Africa, and China as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So your your role then? What's what's your role in the business? Yeah. So um, my role is um, is a varied one. So I say. I always say to a lot of people when they ask me what I do, you know, uh, I, I, I don't necessarily manage risk myself, but I, but I help the company uh, manage its risk. So, in essence, my mission, I guess, is to is to is to help the business avoid shocks, to make sure that investors are uh, uh, and shareholders are looked after, so they don't re, uh, they don't suffer any any surprises. Um, the company's balance sheet's protected, but also it becomes a lot more, I guess, real and and, and, and granular. Um, so, talking about environmental safety um, protection, uh, health and safety of employees and, and third parties who come onto our onto our sites. So it's it's a pretty varied role. It's almost like a, it's one of the best windows into into any business mm-hmm. around it. I mean, you know, the work the work that I do in um, in businesses is is, is is pretty heavily focused around the health and safety mm. side, but but yours is a much much broader than that, you know. So so uh, typically, uh, do you do you find that you spend more time looking at the financial side or more time looking at uh, you know looking at the environmental side? How does it, how does it work out? Um, I think it's it's, a, it's an interesting question. Um, Everything's got a financial consequence to some extent. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's your brand, your reputation, the well-being of your employees, or or, or your share price, it all has a, a financial impact at, at some point. Um, <clears throat> but if you, if you're really going to manage risk effectively, you have to manage your source. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you if you look after things properly in the way they should be, whether that's employee health and well-being or safety or um, or, 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 or the quality of your product and, and what you produce, you you will save yourself from from a negative financial impact, and ultimately you will make more money, and which is what most businesses are, are there to do. I mean, there's no doubt about it that uh, you know that companies the companies need to make money, you mm-hmm. know, and if they don't make money, then they they don't survive. So you know, so so you know, your your role then is to is to look at the. Look at the the risks that, that the business is facing, and then and then looking at how how the, the business can control those risks. Absolutely. <clears throat> so, um, one one of the things that um, that I've always said to people is, you know, risk 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 has two sides to it. You know, and we always get preoccupied with talking about the bad stuff that goes wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 you know whether that's and I'll go back to health and safety again, or whether you know we're talking about um, maybe uh, a recession or, or something bad that can happen. But risk has an upside, okay. and that's a positive. And in order to 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 take, you know, to 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 make money, in order to to have a flourishing business, you've got to take an element of risk. But it's how you take that risk that matters. So, you know, if 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 you if you know where you want to be. And you know how to get there. It's about planning the things that can go right and the things that can go wrong along that journey. Um, and and as long as you can consider and use all the tools available to you, whether it's experience or data or whatever that may be, if you can ensure that you analyse properly and know what your journey is going to look like, then you've got every chance to succeed in versus not doing those things. 
planning, isn't it? It's planning, Plan, planning is absolutely. so so absolutely. important. So in your in your organisation, then you say you're in these um, you're in these these thirteen mm-hmm. different countries around the world. So are you are you working with the with the management teams in those countries, looking at the way that they that they do uh, they do their stuff? Absolutely, <clears throat> and that's and that's that's one of the things that I really enjoy doing is <clears throat> is we're able to um, you know to meet many people from different cultures, um, talk about what they do. You know, and ultimately, what in our in our company at Ferroglobe, you know, what we do doesn't really alter. It's a, it's a, our processes have been there for for almost a hundred or maybe even more than a hundred years. But in the environment in which you operate, generates various nuances and risks around how you how you how you you follow those processes and what you do. So, so from from my point of view, one of the things that I've really enjoyed learning, um, sorry, what I've really enjoyed doing at Ferroglobe is is taking some of the learnings from a certain country I've been to witness. For example, in South Africa, you know, they had the best site induction process I've ever seen in my life, mm-hmm. but no one else in the in the group knew about it. Can I ask why? What why was it the best? What what did it do differently? I was there with an insurance company and some brokers, and we'd, we'd gone to, to this site in South Africa. And they sat us in this really hot room and said, you need to watch this video. And and um, I sat there and sort of sighed a bit, thinking, you know, I've seen so many of these in my life, in my career. I've got to go for another one. But the difference was this was actually made by the people on the site. It was their own production. So it felt real. Mm-hmm. And it was talking about the specific issues that, they have in terms of safety and, 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 and the risks and what you should do and what you can't do. And I think that really came from, it came from the employees and that for me made it more real. It made it more easier to watch, but also, you know, you can tell a lot by a site who you, or, or a location uh, that, that, that takes the time to do something like that rather than use a kind of a corporate branded approach that's, you know, one size fits all. And I think, and, and going back to what I said earlier, if you're going to manage a risk effectively, you've got to manage it at the source where it happens. And that's what these guys are, are doing mm-hmm. by making that video. So, um, so no, that, that was really good. And, and we've, and we've made some really good progress in, in rolling that out across, uh, certainly across the U S in our business. And mm-hmm. so, so yeah, so it's good. No, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's great. I mean, I'm, I just, I just think about the amount of, the amount of times that I get inducted and, and what a, what a godforsaken, you know, sort of process it can yeah, be. Yeah, you know, you're yeah. just you're just going. And the per- the person often that I find is the is the person that's that's, that's actually doing the induction. Mm-hmm. Is it doesn't want to be there either. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then well, I mean, and, and that's 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 a good point you make because ultimately, what what's being created is a tick box exercise, mm-hmm. which is is so far removed from what it's actually intended to do. I mean, inductions are really important. Mm-hmm. Tools in, in 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 ensuring there's good governance and good safety and uh, management at, at any location. So um, so yeah, I know exactly where you're coming from. <laughs> mm. That's that's brilliant. You know, I love uh, I love I love that. So what you know, you mentioned about the uh, about the culture. Then um, you know, in in the different in the different parts of the world, is that a um, is can that be a barrier as well um, to, to how you move forward? It can be, yeah, it can be, and 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 you know, I think it's the same for for any company, um, you know, any multinational trying trying to um, develop a culture and the right culture is is one of the hardest things to do mm-hmm. in in any company, I think, um, and so naturally, you know, you can end up in uh, 
naturally you're going to have situations where you've got people from different languages, different religious beliefs, different cultures who 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 um, will not want to work with or listen to the other side because they want to be the ones who have their say or implement what they want to implement and and you also get that culture as well where you know companies don't like head offices dictating mm. to them as well so so that can be a, that can be a barrier but it's only a barrier it's not a, a, a you know a, an impediment to, to doing something um, one of the one of the things that we've um, that we've suffered at Ferro globe is is the fact that we came from a merger three years ago okay so we were two multinational businesses, one which was Spanish-owned, one which was US-owned, which came together to form Ferroglobe. So that was Globe Specialty Metals and Ferro Atlantica. Naturally, post-merger, there's always going to be some cultural differences. We used to do things this way. Oh, no, but we did things this way. Um, but it's about making sure that people understand why you want to do something. And um, and ultimately, it's for the good of them, for, for for their good and for the business's good. Yeah. Man, I mean, that's in, I mean, it's interesting seeing businesses come together. I, I was involved uh, many years ago uh, in 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 two companies, two companies coming together, and and I think what was quite interesting was the the smaller of the two companies that I worked for ended up ended up probably bringing their culture more into the bigger organisation, and 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 for real real positive reason. I think because the smaller business was a, a lot more a lot more personal. You know, and they they were able to bring that that personal touch into into the into your organisation. Is that something that you see that Ferrogrove do quite well? You know, bringing the the personal side into it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, certainly, from a um, from 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 the Fair Atlantica perspective. So the the business there was family owned. It was hundred percent owned by by a Spanish um, uh, family who, uh, who who are the Villamere family. They they certainly ran their business in in a different way to Globe Specialty Metals, who mm-hmm. were a US listed business um, owned by shareholders, and and you know there's no right or wrong way; they're just different ways of doing things. That's mm. it. But ultimately, there's going to be a clash at some point. But you know, the, as people work together, as as time goes on, they become comfortable. Things have to happen for the good of the business and for the longevity of the of the company. So, so those sort of barriers, um, you know, can get broken down pretty quickly in some cases. In some cases, they can't. Um, but uh, what I will say with um, uh, with with Ferroglobe and 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 the, and the large part of it is down to certainly the the, the Spanish influences. Things like health and safety, um, the well being of the communities around our facilities. Um, those sorts of things are taken really seriously, and and and, um, and we do a really good job at uh, uh, managing those kind of risks. And okay, so it goes so it goes a lot more outside of just just looking after the people that are working there. Absolutely, it's- I mean, you know, let's let's um, let's say you know someone you woke up one morning and opened your curtains and, and there was a smelting facility mm. outside outside your house. You you're probably going to be a little bit worried. You're not mm-hmm. going to be happy first of all, but you're going to be a little bit worried about. All, all this steam I can see that's coming out of the chimneys. What what's that doing to me and, and, and to my health and, and things? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so we so a lot of our, our plants are going to be out in the countryside and in, in and around small towns. We end up in, in a lot of cases being the largest employer mm-hmm. in those localities. So, by virtue of that, you've got a big responsibility mm-hmm. um, to to make sure that you are 
you know, to coin a phrase, a pillar of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be. So you're not only looking after your employees, but then you've got, you know, the extended part of their families and, and the schools and the shops and the businesses which are all dependent on the money from your from from your business. So so those sorts of responsibilities we, we take um, really seriously at Ferroglobe and um, uh, and and also from an environmental point of view as well to make sure that we do everything we can, not only just to comply because Compliance is is, 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 a, is a massively important thing, but also to go that step further. Mm. How do you? I mean, how do you engage then? I mean, how do, how do you engage with these with these communities out, outside of the outside of the workspace? So, so the plant managers who who essentially run our plants, you know, and they're responsible for two hundred and eighty employees in a, in a variety of roles. They will um, they they really are the, the the kind of figurehead of the company at mm-hmm. uh, these locations. So, so they have a quite a big job in. In terms of making sure that um, you know the the the, the local um, the residents the um, the local communities are, are engaged, if there's going to be let's say for example um, uh, deliveries or, uh, or um, taking place at night, for, they may want to communicate with those people. Or if the plant's going to be running at night, mm-hmm. um, these sorts of things will be communicated so that people know you know they're kept fully informed and okay. and um, yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Um, <clears throat> You spoke a bit about the uh, about the culture earlier on, and um, I mean, has has you as an organisation getting this this uh, this approach down through the business to, had to be left from the top of the business, or how's it? You know, how 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 does it formulate? How does you know? Is there a, like a plan on how you're going to you know going to work uh, you know work work the business moving forward? Um, I wouldn't say there's a plan as such. I think what it comes down to is experience. Mm. Is that we have a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge um, within within the company. So, you know, the pe- people that work for us, especially in the operational side of the business, have, have, have you know, ostensibly been with the company from a very early age mm-hmm. from the, in their career and, and stay with the business. Um, so so that kind of engagement and, and outlook we have is almost woven into the fabric of the company, that it's, you just seem to be, Doing the right thing, I think, and um, and that's something that is it's been developed over time. Mm. Yeah. Um, in terms of planning, they they may do some planning at a local level, but from a corporate perspective, we don't we don't um, we don't plan community okay. engagement. You do have um, you, I, I noticed on your website you've got a couple of objectives, and 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 these were based around um the health and safety side of things and and when i had a read of them i i, I was I, I really liked them um the first one one of your objectives is is to identify dangers uh, which i which i liked and then, and then the second one was evaluate and control of risk and mm. and i just thought isn't that great to see objectives that aren't saying we are going to reduce the number of lost time injuries that we're going to have, or we're going to have zero accidents mm-hmm. or whatever it is it's you know it's much much more about looking at the business these objectives yeah. How how do these how do these objectives sort of go down into your role then? What um you know what do you, what do you have to do to fulfil those? Yeah, no, that's a really good point actually. Um, you know, one what I will say is we we do have a goal of zero injury, okay, or zero injuries. Um, that is in that is in our business. Um, we don't want any accidents at all happening. We don't want any incidents to be to be honest with you. But but in terms of um, how that floats into my role. Is I um, I work very closely with 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 the heads of safety in our business. Um, 
more from a strategic planning point of view. So going back to something I said earlier around around everything has a financial impact mm-hmm. and I never put a price on 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 someone's you know well-being or, or, or injury it's absolutely priceless but it does have a financial impact if it goes wrong mm-hmm. so one of the things that we like to do and I certainly like to do is to use data as much as possible so we can look at trends around the cost of claims around the types of injuries the root causes behind those incidents what 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 uh, what led those incidents to happen? What were the drivers that started that uh, you know chain of events mm-hmm. before that person got hurt? Um, and really, sort of digging down into all that those years of experience and, and knowledge that that most businesses have got, but sometimes they just don't really know where to to find it and unlock mm-hmm. you know unlock some of that information because what one of the things I I'm very keen to ensure any business does is that I work in certainly is is to ensure that you know let's just put a little bit of resource into one thing or two things and do them properly mm. rather than let's have a massive plan of all these things we're going to achieve and then we never achieve it mm. because I've seen it happen before and and when you're talking about environmental protection or health and safety or you know and people these things really matter so you have to achieve and you have to succeed at what you're doing and especially in a high risk environment like ours so so what i what i what i what i do is i i i will help formulate those plans with our health and safety teams i will talk to our board to our audit committee or management committee around what i'm seeing what i've seen from the past um, and areas where we can use resource whether that be people or money or or whatever, and make sure we channel it into the right place to we we, we get the maximum return on investment. And will those um you know will those those one or two uh, items that you look at then vary in the different countries that you're in? I mean, is it is it is it is it about the you know what that particular mm. that particular business needs at that particular time? Yeah, um, to, to certainly to some extent. One one thing that's been really um, interesting for me is to see that. There is one type of incident that is as it appears to be common around the world, and that's um, and that's slip trips and falls. Right. You know, wherever you go, whether it's Cornwall, Scotland, the Midlands, North America, South America, China, slip trips and falls are always the number one, mm-hmm. the number one thing. Um, things do do vary from from country to country. Um, you know, when you're working with a lot of heat, where we generate a lot of heat, obviously running furnaces, four or five furnaces per site of 2,000 degrees, so the, the employees can become dehydrated, mm-hmm. especially if they're somewhere like South Africa or in the US in a very humid environment anyway. Mm-hmm. So making sure that we, we, we don't have incidents where employees are, are going to you know, be at the risk of fainting um, uh, is important for us as well. Mm. Um, we have a site in Norway, so they don't really suffer the same <laughs> problem in terms of the extreme <laughs> the, the extreme heat like you may do in in Argentina or mm. or, or, or South Africa. But um, so there is some variance. But what we try and do as well is, is, as I said, as part of that kind of data exercise, is making sure that we we're looking at the big issues for the for the business and um, and dealing with them. Can we can we talk a little bit more about slips and trips? Absolutely, it's, it's, you know that's, that's quite interesting. Then, so, so 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 what you know what kind of controls then are you are you finding that you're putting into place in these different businesses that are, that are actually working? 
So one of the things which um, we've done in the last year or two years at Faraglobe is to is to go down a, a common route of suppliers for health and safety protective equipment, right. for personal protective equipment. Prior to uh, 18 months ago, we were leaving our own locations to buy whatever health and safety equipment they could get. So, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't have any, we didn't have common a common supplier or type of protective eye equipment, boots, hearing protection. So that's one big change we make. Um, we've we've made sure that we've 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 worked with suppliers as well to 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 ensure that we 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 have the right equipment for our environments because you know whether you're dealing with lots of wet dust and coal and so on and so forth that can have a, an impact so making sure you have the right boots for the right environment mm-hmm. is really important as well you know one of the things that was really nice to hear you talking about there was um you know was was you know giving your employees the right environment to work in, and again, it's really I think it's really it's really nice to hear that because again, I I see a lot of a lot of accident investigation reports that says you know the, the outcome is well the employee needs to take more care or they shouldn't have been rushing mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And in actual fact, when you actually get down to the to the to the real reason why there's a lot of slips and trips, it's it's because because people are being put under pressure because the environment isn't isn't right because you know the um you know they're 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 being you know they're they're, they're working in in areas that have got poor lighting or, or you know uneven uneven surfaces and stuff like that mm-hmm. and so so do you you know you know do you do you, do you get that you probably don't get that involved in the in the minutiae you know you're mm-hmm. you're probably looking at the bigger picture is that fair to say that is, yeah that's that's fair to say but i mean I, I do spend a lot of time going to visit our sites and just to touch on something you 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 said at the beginning there was around rushing so we we we've tried to give our employees the you know an environment where they don't have to run around and rush up and down metal steps in wet weather or um or or, or such like you know we we try to make sure that employees are, uh, are looked after in that sense um but i mean in terms of um the, the the sort of the granular detail that you mentioned i i don't get involved too much but i see i see the environments because i visit a lot of our sites and therefore you know i'm able to talk to the plant manager or the safety manager at that particular location and and discuss what i've seen mm-hmm. um and also what's quite helpful is is quite often when i'm traveling around is i could be with a risk control expert from an insurance company or from a broking firm um, and when you get that professional set of eyes or, or ears that can be a really powerful thing that we can use to take back into the business to 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 give that fresh pair of eyes or maybe change someone's pers- perspective on, on on certain issues and so are you do you see yourself then as a as you know as part of the as part of the catalyst i suppose that helps spread that good practice around the business absolutely absolutely yeah and you know with with such a wide varied role um it's it is it's important to um to make sure you are you know an advocate of change to do the right thing to make sure you know that ultimately you are protecting the business and those people that work within the business um you know it, i i take that responsibility very seriously um and uh you know if you if you want to if you want to have a safe business or a profitable business, you can't sit around and wait for someone else to to do that, to make that happen. You, regardless of what your job is or the company you work in, you have to get up and you have to be that catalyst or that person who sparks, who ignites 
the process that brings about change. Mm. You know, um, I worked in a company uh, a number of years ago who had a, um, uh, a a whistleblowing hotline, and that whistleblowing hotline was open for people to report safety issues, but no one ever reported safety issues at Ferroglobe. We have a number of of, of, of contacts per week. Okay. Uh, for, uh, you know, where people, employees have, have decided to call in anonymously, not to get anyone in trouble, but maybe they just don't feel that they can approach maybe their supervisor or manager. So they will write in or call a, or call a hotline. And, and those people I really respect because they're, they're trying to do the right thing and they're, and they're not waiting for someone else to make that change. You mm. know? And, and, and it could be quite serious. It's, um, you know, if, 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 how would you feel if, if you knew there was a safety issue, but you didn't do anything about it? Mm. And then three weeks later, one of your colleagues, someone you've known for a number of years, has an accident uh, or, you know, it could be fatal. It could be, it could be serious. But, you know, how would you feel if you didn't do anything about it? And you thought you'd feel rubbish, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd yeah. feel terrible. Yeah. Interesting then. So you so you work for a business that didn't have a lot of success for it. This this company is is is, is a little bit more successful. Mm-hmm. How how could you how could you make that process even better? You know, because getting getting people to, to to open up and getting people to talk, I think it's just it's just fundamental, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think, you know. Yeah. So how could, how could how could the business do it even better than it is now? Do you think? Um, it's a really tough question. <laughs> um, I think. Uh, I get paid to put you on the spot, Chris. You know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, yeah, you've, done, you've certainly done that. You've certainly done that. Crikey. Um, I think for, for, for our business, it's more about taking more incremental steps rather than big changes because mm-hmm. we've got, because of the nature of where our place, our, our, our production sites are located, you know, they've got a very much uh, of a family feel mm-hmm. and trying to change cultures. You know, where people are looking out for each other anyway and, and, and you know looking after one another can be very difficult and also can be a very dangerous thing as well. Wow. For me, that last line absolutely summed it up. You know, and it's about engagement. It's about working with your workforce, communicating, talking to the people in the business. And if you can be successful at doing that, if you can spend your time going and talking to to people, then you're uh, you know you're going to be so successful. That's just the first half. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, next uh, next time out, we're going to talk a bit about some of the pre shift and pro shift me- shift meetings, dealing with some of the hazards. Um, you know, and, and and also Chris starts to move totally outside of. Uh, outside of just health and safety within the, within the business, but how his organisation actually looks to build societies around their plants. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go now. Um, you know, please join us again in a, you know in a week or so's time when you can hear the second part of this uh, this interview with Chris Partridge. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Interesting Health and Safety podcast. You can follow and engage on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching the Interesting Health and Safety Community or go to www.influentialmg.com. And remember, let's make health and safety as important as everything else we do in business.